You're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and Forfame.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 20th podcast in my series that first began with the United States Progress Sun and the United States Progress Palace being conjunct this year in the summer of 2019 and approximately 17 of the previous podcasts focused on that subject and it's important to realize now with podcast number 20 that that cycle U.S. progressed what's called the secondary progressions of the United States birth chart going back originally to the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, that progressed sun and progressed palace conjunction via secondary progression is still happening. We're still having national issues about intelligence gathering, about justice, miscarriage of justice, knowledge and wisdom of the people of the United States, what's going on with the government. I strongly urge you to go back to the beginning. It's a lot of, a lot of hours but those 17 podcasts are very important. And as you'll see with this particular one, which is focused on the President of the United States, part one of a, of a two-part series, Palace Athena, by progression, again is active. And I'll mention that in a few minutes. The previous two podcasts had to do with the United States Vesta return by transit. And the asteroids in any person's chart will return between around three and a half to five years. That's because of where the four main asteroids, there are many, many more, but Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta, located in the orbital area between Mars and Jupiter, have a cycle of around three and a half to five years. And uh, the last two podcasts uh, are an exceptional uh, presentation about the power of Vesta going back in time to a cover story of our Welcome to Planet Earth magazine, our pioneering magazine that I was uh, honored to be the publisher of between 1981 and 2000. And I had done a major feature story about the shadow side of Vesta, unfortunately, between the United States and Nazi Germany. And so the last two podcasts focused on Vesta coming back three times this year into early next year in the United States birth chart. Now, the focus shifts on President Trump. What I want to say here, though, at the very beginning, before I'm going to give you as many facts that I have seen over the last several years with Donald Trump. Um, but what I want to say here is that, let me go back to the beginning. First of all, I've mentioned before, starting in 1985, and they're on the Great Bear website, I created the School of Planetary Studies. I wanted to create a school, and I did so with a group of a dozen or so very eager people back in 1985. I started my studies in 1972 in New York City. So I've now been doing astrology for 47 years in a very concentrated way. When I, 13 years later, uh, after starting in 1972, I began the classes on cassette tapes around the nation, and that went on for 36 one-hour cassette tapes with lesson notes and charts. They then became eventually CDs, and now they're on the website of Great Bear Enterprises in an online fashion that you can download, including MP3 files and so on. The reason I bring this up is, in the beginner series, there is one whole audio for an hour, as well as lesson notes, and chart information on progressions, what we call secondary progressions. Many people in astrology who get into astrology, and many of you listening, you may only know about your sun sign. You may have just gotten into your chart. You may think you know a whole lot. You may have had your chart done by a professional astrologer. You may know what transits are, planets, sun, moon, and planets, and asteroids, Chiron, the nodes, Celestial bodies moving in the sky at any given time, moving through your birth chart and think, well, that's how I figure out my cycles. There are many other systems 
beyond what we call transits and the natal chart. And one of the biggest ones has to do with progressions. And progressions have been used by researchers in astrology and by professional astrologers for several hundreds of years. They really go back 2,000 years, at least, to the foundations of astrology in ancient Egypt, in ancient Greece, in ancient Rome, Mesopotamia, different cultures. Fundamentally, um, what we know in astrology is that if we are able, and again, if you go back a couple thousand years, they didn't have the accuracy that we have now. They didn't even know about Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. They had not known about Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta, about Chiron, about Eris and Sedna, outer planets, and so many other things that we know now. And now we use information from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and other sources to pinpoint where all the celestial bodies are to the degree and minute of arc through the entire zodiac. However, we've had ephemerides, which are books that show day after day, month after month, year after year, where are the planets. And particularly the, the progressions that I was using for this very rare Sun Vesta secondary progress conjunction in the United States birth chart, which had never happened before and won't happen again for 400 plus years. Those progressions are based on the concept and the approach of each day after a person's birth is equal to a year of living. And I've shared this before in this series, so I don't want to go over all the reasons why it works, but it, it does work. And so, and there are other progress systems um, that different astrologers use. There's a solar arc progression. There are tertiary progressions. There's minor progressions. There's even converse progressions of going before the birth by so many days rather than after the birth. But the main progress system that I was introduced to by great astrologers like Dane Rudyard, Dr. Mark Edmund Jones, and many others when I first began my studies in 1972, the progressed secondary chart is one of the most popular and most accurate ones. And in that particular situation, and all of us have a progressed chart, we might think of it as a slow, gradually moving update, a kind of cycle, inward, an inner cycle, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually of how we grow and evolve. So even though you may know of your natal moon position, every two to two and a half years, the progressed moon changes us into another sign. Every 29 to 30 years, the sun moves from one sign to another or 30 degrees of the zodiac after 30 years of life and so on. Depending on how fast or slow the celestial bodies were moving after your birth, including celestial bodies that may have slowed down to make stations to go from direct and retrograde, all of these are very powerful facts. And we're all having those experiences. So what I want you to realize is in the School of Planetary Studies, in those 36 classes, in case any of you decide to order that and really learn astrology from soup to nuts, which I strongly recommend if you've never done that before, you'll be introduced into the power of secondary progressions using the, the birth chart and the prog secondary progressions of John F. Kennedy, President of the United States. And there's also, in case you, you get into the third year, there's a whole audio tape on the four main asteroids. And I've shared so much about Pallas Athena for 17 particular podcasts, but I've also shared about all the asteroids and their power, and we'll keep doing that after this particular podcast. The power of Ceres, the power of Pallas Athena, the, the power of Juno and Vesta. And so there's a whole audio tape in the third year sequence the advanced sequence in the School of Planetary Studies on asteroids. The other thing is that I don't focus a lot on marketing. I've never done that. Of course, there are a lot of astrology services that, that I've had available through Welcome to Planet Earth magazine, our pioneering magazine, which ran for 20 years in print from 1981 to 2000. We've had several different websites since 1995, and I've always tried to give discounts uh, if people order or subscribe to the Cosmic Calendar, which is something to look into as well. I've been doing it for 38 years. And if people don't work with the Cosmic Calendar, and I'll, I'll do a whole podcast on the importance of the Cosmic Calendar 
and why all of you should be tuning into that. Because by the way, your birth chart was the cosmic calendar on that day and that moment of time when you were born. And all of your loved ones and all the people, if you focus on compatibility with family members, business partners, friends, all of the birth charts of everyone that you love and care about or could be famous people or historical people or events in time, those charts were all cosmic calendar patterns on the day and time. So if you don't study the cosmic calendar that I've been working on for 38 years, which are what's happening in the sky at any given moment, then you're not tuning into an enormous part of astrology. You're missing a great gap. So again, the word to the wise here is all of you need to start looking into progressions, the different kinds. And we do have reports in our report section in the astrology shop on the homepage. Again, I don't tend to be a marketer, but in this case, because of what's happening in Donald Trump's birth chart, we need to have everybody study this and get into your own progressions. And the two best progress reports we have, again, this is in the astrology store, on our homepage at Great Bear Enterprises is Skylog, designed by the great astrologer Stephen Forrest. It's a, it's a great report based on your exact birth data, and it will do both transits and progressions in three different sections. The first two main sections in that report, the invitation, the means, give transits and progressions. And you can order the report for six months or for a year and keep on getting it. And it's fantastically written very user-friendly with essay-like paragraphs about the main cycles in your own life. So Skylog, I'd rate number one, but Close is also another report by someone else, another professional astrologer, and it's called Life Progressions. And that's totally on progressions. The Skylog report is on both progressions and transits. Life Progressions is only on secondary progressions. And by the way, secondary does not mean they're not important. And that's a whole thing that I've explained before when uh, I attended a conference in Seattle by Rob Hand, and he did a whole wonderful lecture about the importance of tertiary progressions. And he, he included information about how we got these terms, primary directions, secondary progressions, tertiary progressions, and some of the confusion about all that. Okay, one other thing. When I first started astrology back in 1972. We didn't have software as we do now. You had to do everything by hand. And to do everything by hand, you had to spend hours of time with what's called the ephemeris, which is the book of all the planetary positions, sun, moon, planets, asteroids, whatever you're using, the nodes, the, the horseshoe figures that you often see in a chart having to do with fate and destiny. The table, uh, and also what's called the table of houses. So there was two particular books you needed, and you had to work with logarithms, and you had to learn all of these methodologies to make sure the chart that you were creating, and you were drawing it out by hand, or putting it onto some pre-printed Xerox kind of circles with, with 12 empty spaces for the houses, and then you had to draw in the different symbols and the degrees, and it took a lot of time, but while you were doing that, because there were no, there was no software, you were thinking about the person you were doing the chart for, and you were meditating on that, and you were accumulating information. Now what happens is you just put in the data, depending on what software, the chart comes out, and then you're starting to do a session. So we're missing a whole lot, and the other reason I wanted to do this little intro again here, we've done this for about 14 minutes, but I think it's well worth it is that unless you understand the fullness of astrology, having a smattering of information often is more deleterious than uh, even getting the information in the first place. Okay, for example, I did a cover story uh, toward the end of the run of Welcome to Planet Earth back in the year 2000, The Truth About Mercury Retrograde. And one of the problems we have in astrology is that so many people think, oh, Mercury retrograde, terrible, bad, mistakes, don't ever sign anything, don't agree to anything. Well, let's remember Mercury rules breathing. So you don't stop breathing, do you, when Mercury's retrograde for three weeks at a time. There is an adjustment that needs to take place in people's lives when Mercury's retrograde. There is a 
careful and cautionary approach that people need to have. Why? Because Mercury is not moving in the direction of the sun and moon. But it's not that everything is negative. It's not that people can't make agreements. You will find that even though Mercury goes retrograde about 16 to 17% of the time, you don't just lose luggage. You don't just have messages disappearing or have issues with business and signings when Mercury's retrograde. Mercury goes direct for 83% of the time, and there's all kinds of mishaps, confusion, problems with signings, problems with health. All the different things that Mercury rules over are just as confusing, just as scattered, just as uncertain when Mercury's direct as it as it is when it's retrograde. It's just when it's retrograde, we all need to be thinking a little bit more carefully about what we are doing and also to go back over the things that we were doing during the Mercury retrograde and look back a little bit to understand more deeply because Mercury is a planet of intelligence and understanding and communication and words and language, any mistakes we made and be able to deal with that effectively. And by the way, many planets, all the planets out from beyond Jupiter, Chiron, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, guess what? They go retrograde almost half the year, five months out of 12 months. Chiron, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, they're retrograde. And while everyone squawks about Mercury being retrograde, terrible, difficult, oh my gosh, you know, Mercury's retrograde, finding something to blame, you don't hardly ever hear anybody talking about, oh my gosh, Neptune is retrograde, Pluto is retrograde, Chiron is retrograde. And yet those principles are also in a process of being looked over carefully if people are tuned in. So retrogradation itself is very powerful and very important. And actually when a, when a celestial body is retrograde, believe it or not, it's more powerful in its own realm because it no longer is moving in the direct motion that the sun and the moon are always going in. We might think of the sun and moon, they're the two lights, they're incredibly powerful in charting, but they are in a sense autocrats in a way. And when the celestial bodies due to the structure of the solar system from the Earth's viewpoint go in reverse or retrograde, that planet or celestial body is making a statement relative to the sun and moon, fundamentally, hey, I need some alone time, I need to sort things out if you think of the retrograde as the planet or the celestial body itself needing space and time to reorient itself and then eventually after the retrograde time period comes back in the fold basically salutes back to the sun and moon say okay i'm back i'm rejoining the direct motion of sun and moon and here i am after reflection and guidance in terms of whatever that retrograde cycle produced. So if we project ourselves and think more about the celestial body doing the retrogradation and what it can gain through that kind of independent, almost rebellious motion relative to the sun and moon, we'll be on better track to understand that phenomenon. Okay, having done all that on our website, in the various sections of Earth Aquarius News, which is our news section, which also has Astro Flash which are shorter stories. This is all on Great Bear Enterprises. In Global Hotspot, where we have the maps, locational astrology, in all of those areas, including the first 19 podcasts, there is a lot of information on the birth chart of the, the current president of the United States, Donald Trump. So I advise you to take a look through there because that way you can sort out some of the things I've already said. But nevertheless, what I want to give you are as many fundamental facts that, that are important at this point. And then in part two, we'll elaborate, which will be the next podcast. Okay, um, it's a little bit, uh, it's intimidating because there's so much information here. But again, I wanted you to know that if you just went through everything that's already on the website in all the different sections on the President of the United States, you'll know a whole lot about character, personality, the different issues, the struggles, and so on. So let me say, first of all, I've been watching and studying presidents of the United States since I was 10 years old during the JFK-Nixon uh, debates and their election, which was a overnight, didn't know what was going to happen in November of 1960 that JFK won. 
And so as a 10-year-old, that's what turned me on to all of that. And I really got into American history in the next several years before his assassination. And that's what started me off looking at the presidents and reading the World Almanac, which was another kind of thing that I did as a kid, getting into statistics and numbers and so on. Now, when I first got into astrology in 1972, I started applying astrological principles, including natal charting and transits and secondary progressions, and sometimes other systems of progression to the candidates. So for 47 years now, I've been working with astrology and focusing on the presidency, the vice presidency, different people running for office, and the magazine that I pioneered, Welcome to Planet Earth, is was a tremendous focus, not on individuals, so to speak. In other words, we weren't doing charts uh, of clients. Everyone who's writing for Welcome to Planet Earth, many different writers, including people like Stephen Forrest and the great Eleanor Bach, who I've talked about so much, who created the first asteroid ephemeris, and so many other astrologers, many of whom got their start in writing on from Welcome to Planet Earth. Our focus is on what we call mundane or earth astrology, looking at seasons and equinoxes and eclipses and leaders of countries and the charts of nations and things like that and, and major planetary cycles in the sky that are not just affecting individuals, although we are all affected by that, but how are leaders affected, how are nations affected, the four seasons of spring, summer, fall and winter, how they begin. Every every season starts with a chart for the exact moment of an equinox or a solstice. When new moons and full moons and eclipses are happening or major planetary alignments, we can chart them and we can look at how they impact cities and capitals of countries and the charts of leaders and so on. So that has been the field of study that I've been a part of. And that's why the current situation we have as we are moving through the third year of the Trump-Pence executive uh, branch of government cycle here is so critical. Now, let's, let us me give you the main reason why I'm doing this, and it's the evening of, this is very interesting that I've chosen tonight, September 8th, Sunday night, I was just in the middle of watching the Steelers play the Patriots, and the game is kind of way off in the Patriot dire direction. So there was no need to keep watching it, at least from my standpoint. And the moon is with Pluto tonight. And this is very important, as we'll see. Plutocracy and the planet Pluto is very crucial in understanding who Donald Trump is, why he has run for office, why this is so crucial for the nation to figure out uh, now and the next couple of years. So I'm going to kind of blend all of this together. Um, at the same time, the main reason I'm doing this now is that in a week or so, which will be on September 16th, Donald Trump experiences, and I have mentioned this before, a secondary progressed moon. This will take place in his chart at three degrees, exactly three degrees of Virgo, and one of the two charts that are presented on our website with Great Bear Enterprises in the Mark Lerner Astrology section where our podcasts are, one of the charts is his secondary progressed new moon. The other chart is his natal chart. Now, I wanted to share this because he's at the end of a 29 and a half year cycle. When you're about to have a progressed new, new moon, which we all have every 29 to 30 years, it is a profound, serious turning point of where we're going to go for the next three decades. But one of the biggest things, one of the biggest challenges is what kind of experience does a person have in the few months before the progressed new moon, in the few weeks before the progressed new moon, in the few days before the progressed new moon? Because while it's approaching and one can almost feel the anticipation, wow, this new energy is going to come into my life. That's what we as souls and spirits guiding our material, physical lives. We, we can basically, we have enough psychic and intelligent power to know something new, something powerful is coming into our lives. But in order for that new powerful energy to start in a good, favorable way, that we can utilize the energies for the good of our families, ourselves, 
for our society, for the country, for the world. In order for that to be positive, we really need each one of us, and this is why I'm sharing this now, in case there's an astrologer out there or somebody reads this, uh, listens to this and reads, uh, looks at the chart, charts and understands astrology, somebody needs to sort of say hello to Donald Trump and say, Mr. President, I don't know how much you know about astrology. You're about to have a secondary progress new moon. It's going to be a three degrees of Virgo. It's going to happen on September 16. And it's the end of a 29 and a half year cycle that began on April 29 of 1990. When you were 44 and a half years old, or let's see, is it 44, 43 and a half years old. And you started a whole new cycle back in April of 1990. That's a long time ago. And what that person who's communicating to the President of the United States really needs to tell them, particularly over the next week, is what would be a really good idea is to sort of look back. What did you achieve? What, what were your successes and what were your failures? Be honest with yourself. Realize that nobody is perfect. Nobody always wins. Okay, Nobody is always right. So these are issues that we, we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks become stronger and stronger with the President of the United States absolutely needing to be right and we all know that there's no human being we're all here with our failures and our challenges and our warts and all struggling as human beings so no matter what position we attain no matter how many prizes and awards or leadership positions or honors we may uh, have uh, given to us by whoever we all are prone to make mistakes and it's important to be able to look back. What did we achieve? What, what did we fail at to make improvements so that when we enter the new cycle? And I remember the last one I had two plus years ago to start a new progressed cycle. And I remember the one that I had in 1988 for the few months before. And to me, as an astrologer, they were very, very challenging. And I think if you asked anybody, what did you experience in the couple of months before your progressed new moon? It's kind of like the way I would look at it is each one of us has our personal moon. The transiting moon has a 27-day cycle. And what I've shared with so many people over the years as reminders, when you look at transits, one of the big transits to look at are the 13 lunar tran transit returns of the moon every year. But in the day or two before your moon comes back, often you're depleted shall we say, of lunar energy. What is lunar energy? Feelings, emotions, instincts, memory patterns, issues relating to home and family, even deeper things, perhaps reincarnational energies, your dreams, um, and picking up on the visions that are in the back of your mind, so to speak, in the depths of your soul. So every month, we all have a lunar return every 27 plus days. Most people feel much better after it happens which kicks off a new 27-day uh, lunar cycle. We're kind of revitalized. Think of it as like putting fuel in our tanks. Uh, 27, 26 plus days after a lunar, a transiting lunar return, it's like our gas tank of lunar energy is on empty. And we need to grab a hold of that new moon, the, the new moon coming back. Not, not an actual new moon, but the moon itself returning in our charts, what's called the lunar return. And then with the moon coming back, we're, we've filled up our lunar gas tank of feeling, emotion, subconscious, dreams, uh, visions, uh, the subliminal world. And we sort of can operate on that for another 27 days. And then we have another lunar return. Well, the progressed solar lunar new moon is what we're talking about here. And this is in terms of secondary progressed charting for Donald Trump. Now, here's the interesting thing. He actually had one. He was born, of course, in 1946 on June 14th. We'll get into that in a moment because it was the day of a not only a full moon, but a total lunar eclipse. Very powerful event, um, which was also on what we call the original flag day. If you remember growing up uh, earlier in the 50s, 60s, 70s, any of you born in that time period, flag day was always celebrated June 14th. It's still uh, an event, but it isn't recognize that much, although people who are more in the military and in terms of the tradition and history of the country certainly recognize that. So June 14th, 1946 is when 
President Trump was born, and we'll get back into that. But on December 31 of 1960, he had his first progressed new moon. And at that point, he was only uh, 14 years and a few months old. And I'll refer back to this in a moment because it, it, it hits an exact midpoint in his chart. We're going to get into the midpoints both in this, this uh, part one and in part two even more so. And I've talked about midpoints in charts. They're basically the middle point between 82 celestial bodies in a chart or between a celestial body and an angle like the rising degree or the midhaven. And there are dozens of midpoints. And I will do a separate whole podcast about the power of midpoints because we have natal midpoints, several dozen. There's transiting midpoints of the celestial bodies in the sky. They have midpoints. And there's progress midpoints. And again, there's different progress systems. But even in just secondary progressions, there are midpoints there. And in using asteroids and Chiron and the nodes, there are dozens of these midpoints. So it can get very complicated. However, the more exact asteroid uh, and Chiron and celestial body midpoints are in a natal chart or transiting progressions, the more we often find exact type of midpoint structures. And by the way, we get into midpoints, there's a near midpoint and a far midpoint. So there's a closer midpoint in the zodiac between any two planets, let's say, and then there's an identical one on the other side of the chart or the other side of the zodiac. Uh, this may seem to some of you as like midpoints, what's that all about? Well, they go back at least 100 years to studies in Germany before uh, Hitler took over back in the 1920s. A lot of research was done about midpoints and some other fantastic subject matter. And then um, they were developed and has continued being developed. A, a wonderful astrologer, Michael Munchesi, wrote a whole book on this, Great Astrologer. Uh, and um, his book is still available out there. I don't have the name right in front of me, but his last name is Munchesi, Michael Munchesi, and he did a great book uh, on midpoints in case any of you are interested. So we'll get into midpoints uh, momentarily here. The important thing to realize though at this point is that the, the President of the United States over the last several months, so many of the different, if you look back at the events that have been happening, the G7, the issues with Kim Jong-un in North Korea, um, not going to Poland, um, what happened just recently with uh, Hurricane Dorian, the tweets, the different communications, um, and everything with the Mueller report and all the issues of uh, we don't really have any more people being authorized by the Senate. The President of the United States pr prefers acting, the acting defense, uh, the, the acting person in charge of the Defense Department or the acting uh, Secretary of State or the acting Chief of Staff. He's even said this over again when asked by the press, oh, I prefer acting. Well, in a way, it's a double entendre. Of course, the part of the reason Donald Trump became the president is he was a household name compared to all those other Republicans. A lot of people, Lindsey Graham, they didn't even know where he was. Or different people who were running for the presidency on the Republican side of the ticket uh, back in 2016. But Donald Trump had done The Apprentice and The Celebrity Apprentice and written all the books. Um about deal making and uh, the art of the deal, one, two, and three. Anyone from New York, which I am from, and the same borough, Queens, born four years after Donald Trump, New Yorkers understand Donald Trump, particularly of my age. It's not like we didn't know who this person was. We didn't have to watch The Apprentice or The Celebrity Apprentice or read The Art of the Deal because. His life story was focused throughout the, the, the Daily News, the New York Post, uh, all the different marriages, all the different affairs, all the different um, scandals, the things having to do with the casinos, the bankruptcies, the, the you know, uh, whatever it was, him being on Howard Stern, all the different interviews, being on world, world wrestling, um, the golf courses, the different Trump properties, but so many of the different uh, scandals and issues regarding love and marriage and children and um, the whole family. So when you're from New York, it's a different kind of environment. Just like if somebody's living uh, in 
in uh, where Mike Pence is from. I mean, Indiana, where he was a, I think, 11-term congressman. He had done a radio show for quite a while, governor of Indiana. So the fact that he's he was chosen by President Trump to run with him and is now the current vice president, and they're both sunshine Geminis, we'll get into the, the connection between Trump and Pence, which I have explored again in other places on the website. But that's very important for where the next election will happen, and, and that'll be even a, another whole podcast about the next election, that next inauguration. Those are important themes. So again, with progressions, I have circled in front of me the first one that President Trump had. He was he was a young person. He was only 14 plus years old. He was probably at the military academy that his father sent him to because he wasn't actually doing very well at home and regular schools. So he was sent to the military academy. Uh, in, I think it was uh, upstate New York. And that's where he would have experienced uh, the first progressed new moon. And oddly enough, this is right um, after the JFK Nixon uh, election and just before JFK came into power uh, three weeks later. So at that point, Donald Trump had a progressive new moon. He was just sort of, okay, age 14 plus, hitting the middle of the teens. And that went on for 29 years till he was 43 plus. And then he had another progressive new moon. Now, the one that he had December 31, 1960, that was in the sign Cancer. It was exactly to the minute of arc on his Venus-Uranus midpoint. And this will... You want to start remembering midpoints. In the second part of this, we're going to get into many more of the midpoint structures. So this was a very big event, the one that happened when he was 14 plus years old. And again, think of all of us. We get to our middle of teen years, a lot of emotional changes. In particular with Donald Trump, he's really away from home a lot. He's in an unusual environment in a kind of military uh, schooling academy. And he's getting into sports. He's having to learn to deal with these generals and leaders and a kind of more military upbringing. This is part of the reason why he's so into generals and military things and so on, because he went to a military academy as a teenager. But he went there as a kind of reformation because his father was concerned about his behavior and other kinds of things. But that of the three um, progressed new moons, that one is the most powerful in terms of it hitting a midpoint of Venus and Uranus. In his birth chart, Venus is in Cancer, Uranus is in Gemini. As many of you may know, the president is born with the sun conjunct Uranus and Gemini with the North Node, a very powerful configuration. It's part of the reason he loves the thing of keeping everybody in suspense. He'll always say things like, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. In other words, everything is more like and I believe he already told, when, when he won the presidency, I think he told his staff, every day of our administration will be as if it's The Apprentice. It'll be as if it's a TV reality show. That's how we need to look at each day. And that is why all the tweets are almost like advertising, a constant barrage of tweets about all these different subjects, many of which are just, let's just throw these ideas out. And then the media and everybody is like, oh, let's catch these little balloons and these juggling balls that go out. By the way, juggling and jokers are Uranian. And that's another thing the president of the United States does a whole lot. Oh, I was kidding. I was just kidding. That wasn't serious. I was just kidding. Well, we can't have that in a leader of the country because then we never know why did he say what he said? And are we supposed to take that seriously or not? Unless he, unless he says with each tweet, I'm joking here. We don't know if it's a joke. We don't know if it's kidding. He may then afterwards say, I was only kidding, I was only joking, to, so that, in other words, it wasn't a reality. I never meant it in the first place. I was just kidding. Well, you can't really do that as president of the United States. He's been getting away with it, but it is not a sound policy. So that sun with Uranus, with the North Node, exactly opposite the moon. And as we'll see, they are tied up in the United States birth chart. And this is the big thing about Donald Trump. From my studies of presidents, every president and every presidency has a specific purpose. And perhaps in part two, I'll get into that. And I have said it before, like, why did Jimmy Carter only have one term? Why did Nixon have to, have to resign? Why did JFK only spend a couple of years there? Why did Lyndon Johnson get in after JFK? All these presidencies, including Barack Obama for, for eight years, uh, Bush and Cheney, um, for eight years and so on. 
why did those things happen? And what is the profound meaning of this presidency, whether for four years or eight years? Why are we in this particular cycle? What does the country need to learn? I might as well say right now that one of the big things right now, aside from discerning whether the president is serious or, or kidding about anything and what is real and what is fake, is that because his chart is so connected more than I've ever seen any person and before he was president, I, I'd never seen any candidate for the presidency have the kind of connection to the U.S. birth chart from July 4th of 1776. And so part of the reason uh, Donald Trump became president rather than Hillary Clinton, and part of the reason this affects all of us, no matter what party we are, no matter whether we're conservative or liberal or in between, is that his planetary energies, his sun, his moon, his main planets, his asteroids, his Chiron, his nodes, they're all hitting something within the United States chart, almost all of them, to such a profound degree and with such a profound degree of exactitude that it's kind of like none of us can escape what, what he does, whether it's positive things that he might do or negative things or in between or both. So this is where all the constant focus on him and because he does control that and want it to be that or no one else or no other stories like we really need to be figuring out what's happening with the environment. And every so often we get reports of he's taking away uh, land or pristine waters or whatever it is. And it's certainly, oh, my God, look what he's look what's happening with the environment. But the, a lot of these things are happening behind the scenes uh, because we get all of these kind of bubbly juggling ball realities that are tossed around and we don't get to see the deeper issues that are actually changing um, the course of, of our history and our country and the world, whether it's the air we breathe, the land, waters, and so on. So there's a lot of dangers in what's happening here. Now, as I said before, one of the big important lessons is that in, on April 29th, 1990, when Donald Trump had his second progressed new moon, that was in early Leo. Uh, it wasn't on a strong midpoint at that point, but it was where he has a lot of Leo in his chart. We'll get into some of those midpoint structures where the president has Pluto in Leo, where he has Mars in Leo, his ascendant at the end of Leo. All of these positions carry extra power because they're midpoint structures of planetary structures underneath or energizing those Leonine energies in his chart. Same thing with his three celestial bodies in Cancer, Mercury, and particularly where he's born with Venus conjunct Saturn in Cancer, which happens to be very close to the United States Mercury position. There are a whole bunch of midpoints right at his Venus Saturn midpoint. In other words, it's not just Venus Saturn at that point. As an example, his Sun Mars midpoint is right on top of his Venus Saturn, and his Mercury Pluto is right on top of the same energy. And therefore, there are six celestial bodies that are focused in his chart at 24 degrees of Cancer, not just two. It's not just Venus and Saturn. We can see those in his chart. But it turns out the Sun and Mars are focused on that point, and Mercury and Pluto are focused on that point, and that's also the United States Mercury. And that's a lot of why we get the whole thing where the President of the United States will say uh, that the, the media is the enemy of the people, which goes back really to Nazi Germany and fascism and what was happening in Mussolini's Italy and so many of these other places, not just there, but in many other cultures where you have autocratic leaders and people get into power. And one of the first things they do is they don't want an independent press of any kind. And so the leaders of these different countries historically and what we're seeing now will call the reporters and people into newspapers and things like that. And being a magazine publisher and editor myself, growing up with Walter Cronkite and different news reporting, uh, learning from the World Almanac. And in New York City, we had a whole group of newspapers, the New York Times, the Daily News, the New York Post, the World Telegram and Sun, um, and many other newspapers that no longer exist, exist, the Herald Tribune. We had fantastic newspapers in New York City. But now in the age of online resources, where there's Politico and there's the Daily Beast, uh, Slate, um, 
and the various right-wing political organizations, either on TV or YouTube or online. You've got liberal, moderate, uh, conservative, extreme left, extreme right, all kinds of uh, online information. And so, so many newspapers have gone out of business. Uh, at the same time, we do have reporters out there, and, and it is important, at least I think, that um, we have um, a leader or a leadership which does allow um, for information to come out and that those leaders do not call reporters the enemy of the people. I think, I think that's one of the most um, terrible things that's going on. But again, I'm a, I'm a magazine publisher. I'm a writer. I've been... Uh, somebody says, what do you do in your life? Okay, sure, I've been a professional astrologer, but I see myself as a reporter, as a journalist. So it, it offends me personally when I hear any leader, any president or any prime minister or anybody trying to say that the media is the enemy of the people. And I think that, I think individuals, just like I believe in a woman's right to choose, because I don't think that men should be telling women what to do with their bodies. So I th and the fact that women were never given uh, the vote in this country until 1920, um, in terms of the Constitution, we have so many conservatives saying, oh, let's go back to the original founders. Hey, the original founders did not give women a right to vote. And luckily, we have amendments to the Constitution in order to change things that the originators uh, had not anticipated. One of my pet peeves is that the Bill of Rights is not part of the original constitution. So when people talk about, oh, let's go back to the original constitution, and I'm gonna do a podcast about that, they go back to Madison and you know the wisdom of the constitution, which came into being, which started in 1787 in September, but um, the constitution, that was at the point where it was drafted, but it didn't come into being until the summer of 1988. And it wasn't until March and April of 1989 that the United States and the Congress and Washington first came into power. And guess what? The Bill of Rights didn't come into being until 1791. And Madison, James Madison, who was the kind of stronger constitutionalist in the beginning, was more, hey, we don't need a Bill of Rights. And there were some more liberal members of the original Constitution, one in particular. So I'll share that story in another podcast who said, you know, we really do need it. And then Madison changed his mind and said, you know what, we do need it. So the original constitution that was drafted and then came into being finally in the summer of 88, and the country begins in 1970, sorry, 1789 in March and April. It took two more years for the Congress to say, you know what, we need, you know, freedom of religion and assembly and freedom of speech and a whole bunch of other things, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. It's not part of the original Constitution. It had to be added. So we do need to be able to be flexible. We do need to have a country where it's not just what founding fathers, in this case, they weren't founding mothers. They There were, but they weren't recognized and women weren't given the right to vote. This is why I feel so fortunate having come into astrology in 1972 when the four main asteroids, Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta came into the astrological lexicon through the amazing work of Eleanor Bach, who I was honored to be able to, she was one of my first teachers. And as I've shared before, was able to go to her house in the Chelsea area of Manhattan. She had a monthly meetings, uh, her chart and my chart were, were strongly compatible. And years later, she wrote before her, her tragic passing, like 20 plus years ago, she wrote a series of articles on the asteroids. I asked her to do that. And she did it for in the pages of Welcome to Planet Earth and perhaps be able to share that in podcasts eventually. Okay, so what I want to, uh, I want to end this like the next couple of minutes here, because it's almost an hour. There's a lot of information. So I want to give some of the basics aside from the progressed new moon that, that Donald Trump is about to have. But the, again, getting back to the reasoning here, it is a week before a week and a day before uh, Donald Trump is going to have his progressed new moon. Again, it's September 16. When he wakes up on September 17, the progressed new moon cycle will have begun and the moon will start moving ahead 
of the sun at three degrees of Virgo. And then with each passing day and each passing week and each passing month, he will then be a kind of a newly evolving baby. That's basically we, be, we become a baby. We are born again at the progressed new moon. So this is, think of it as a layer on top of our birth chart. We have our birth chart of where everything is when we're born. And then we have transits of planets moving in different speeds all around the chart, influencing natal planets and houses and things rising and setting and going up and down, helping our relationships or not helping relationships, helping career or not helping, helping our financial in impacts, depending on where everything is going, our health, our well-being, natal chart, transiting. But if you don't add on a progress system, which is a slow, gradual evolving of who we are emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. And the main one is secondary progressions. Now you will find other people like Noel Teal, a great astrologer. He's done a lot of work on solar arc progressions and I would never deny any of that. And I think that is a great system to use as well. Uh, tertiary progressions, which are more lunar oriented rather than one day after birth equals a year of life, which is secondary progressions. Solar arc has to do with however far the sun has moved by progression, you move all the celestial bodies, the solar arc, how far has the sun moved so many days after your birth. And Noel Teal, one of the great astrologers, has written a lot about that, and other astrologers use that system. But I have found that secondary progressions, which have been used for hundreds of years, gives one of the best understandings, and that's each day after birth is equal to a year of living. Therefore, on the chart that you will see uh, for Donald Trump's progressed uh, new moon, you'll see a calculation date. It'll say C-A-L-K period, August 26, 1946, under the name Donald Trump, and you'll think, August 26th? Well, the guy was born on June 14th. What is, of 1946, what's August 26th? August 26th represents the approximate 72, 73 days after he was born because he's now 73 years old. So we're looking 73 days after he was born and each day is equal to a year of living. Again, if I had to prove that, I would do another podcast, but it's it's clearly uh, explained by so many astrologers, if you study progressions, how the system works, why it works, and it's based on astronomy, and it makes total sense, and it works. Okay, so one reminder again, the President of the United States ought to be meditating, making affirmations, tuning in about what he has done correctly and incorrectly, being honest with himself, reflecting. What have I achieved? What haven't I achieved? What are the mistakes I made? What are the, what are the, the great... Uh, activities. I mean, he's become president of the United States one way or another. But what about his businesses? What about his marriages? What about his children? Um, when, is, when has he been wrong? And can he admit that he's been wrong? If he can't do that, then his entering into the new cycle at this particular age, uh, not being able to recognize problems, difficulties, challenges, that nobody's perfect, that nobody is, is going to be a winner all the time, um, I'm from New York. I love the New York Yankees, the Mets. The Mets have won a couple of times since 1960, but not, hardly at all. The Yankees, a lot of people hate the New York Yankees because they've won, won many times. I know the President of the United States is a New York Yankee fan, but guess what, Mr. President? They don't always win. And when I was growing up in the 60s, 50s and 60s, and Mickey Mantle was a great um, hero of mine, they eventually, in, after losing in the 1964 World Series to the St. Louis Cardinals, within two years, they were in last place. So they weren't always winning. They don't always win. So nobody always wins. And it's important to recognize that, um, as the President of the United States was saying uh, when he was still a candidate and he was running for office, and he was saying, you're going to get so sick and tired of winning. Well, we're not always winning. The country is not always winning the last couple of years. And you can't create illusions to make it seem like we are winning. And that just gets into things of um, that border on or are on are, do become lies and things that are just not true. And so it's important to sort of look at all that when you're in the midst of a progressed new, new moon. So clearly so far he hasn't been doing any kind of soul searching and that's basically the better term. You need to do a lot of soul searching in the months and weeks and certainly the days before a progressed new moon and that's what he should be doing. Okay, final thoughts here. 
um, I do want to bring up about the Pluto, um, and then we'll connect back to this in the next uh, podcast. The President of the United States, his chart is supremely powerful. Okay, that's why he be- got to do the things he did in real estate and the apprentice and the celebrity apprentice and running against the Republicans and de- defeating all of them and then wins- winning the presidency. So he has Jupiter not moving at his birth. And this is interesting because I, I, I saw all of these connections at his birth, but I never looked back to see whether Chiron was stationary or retrograde or not. And it turns out that the day before he was born, Chiron, which is conjunct Juno in his chart in Libra, which is on the United States Saturn at four, 14 plus of Libra, he has a stationary Chiron, a stationary Jupiter, and almost an exact stationary Neptune. So he has two stationary celestial bodies, Jupiter and Chiron. When we get into the next um, podcast, I'll talk more about the Jupiter mythology and archetypes, the Chiron archetypes, and the Neptune archetypes, as well as the different midpoints. And the way his chart is, so many of the positions, not every single one of them, but most of the significant positions are tied up with USA chart positions from July 4th, 1776, with a whole bunch of midpoints below them. But the thing I want to say about Pluto is, even though he's born with Jupiter super strong, Chiron super strong, Neptune super strong, because they're not moving. And when you have planets that are stationary, those celestial bodies are extra significant for good or for ill. Not all of us are born at planetary stations. Uh, John F. Kennedy was born with Mercury and Uranus, both stationary. And eventually those positions in terms of transits and progressions led to his demise by assassination back in 1963. And so part of the reason I'm bringing up progressions and stations is that they're very important in terms of our higher destiny. When he came down the escalator, though, it turns out that that was uh, right before the New Horizons mission to Pluto, which had been sent out uh, 10 years earlier in 2005. It had a 10-year cycle, and as um, President Trump or Donald Trump, who has always claimed to be a billionaire, basically being a plutocrat, that's what I wanted to say, he's part of the plutocracy. Plutocracy has, has to do with the term of government by Pluto people, and Pluto has a lot to do with the riches of the underworld. So we'll get into that mythology. But as he came down the escalator from in Trump Tower, kind of descending from his own Mount Olympus, that's where Jupiter rules, coming down to sort of the mortal world. And he came down there at the very time that the New Horizons spacecraft was about to take pictures of Pluto. And we found instead of Pluto just being an isolated distant world, that it was actually filled with life. And that's been one of the most sur- surprising things in science and astronomy ever since uh, he started running for office. So again, the simultaneity of his beginning his run in 2015 in the summer, synchronized with New Horizons taking pictures of Pluto. And by the way, they just sort of skimmed by, went past Pluto and its moon of Chiron. And I'll have much more to say about all of that, but he's connected to government by Pluto or the plutocracy and so many of the different positions, Wilbur Ross, uh, the woman who's in charge of education, um, better forget her last name, Betsy, uh, she's a billionaire. So many billionaires, not just millionaires, in positions of power and the country is about to have Pluto come back by transit for the first time ever. Pluto has a cycle of 247 years. Country began July 4th, 1776. In 2022, into 2023, but particularly 2022, a year after the next inauguration of the next president, Pluto will come back in Capricorn in the money house, house of of money and financial resources for the United States. So regardless of whether um, Trump wins again and remains as a plutocratic president, we will have this influence of the plutocracy, of billionaires and people with extraordinary amounts of money running the show. And as we know, money corrupts and and money and power can corrupt absolutely. We go back to Machiavelli with that kind of situation. And so the tax um, changes that were made uh, with the Republican Party and what Trump passed through a couple of years ago, which really which is really helping the, the top 1% and not the middle class as you says very often, oh, we're helping the middle class. We're going to give 
the middle class extra support, but then it never really happens. So in a way, we have the same trickle-down kind of economics that led to Hoover's demise and the start of the Great Depression of the 1930s. And so we have a lot of this kind of trickle-down economics. The president often talks about, oh, employ so many people are employed now. Whereas when he was running, he said, oh, it could be 10%, 15%, could even be 40% unemployed. Yes, we do have some good employment statistics, but we know that the Labor Department gets rid of statistics. If, if you've been out of work for eight months, you're no longer considered in the labor statistics of whether you're employed or not. A lot of the people who are employed are employed with a second or third job. So it's not like they just have one job. And this is creating more and more stress within people where they don't have time for family or uh, pleasurable activities or leisure or exercise and so on. So we may have a lot of people in jobs, but we never hear the reports of what are, how much are people earning? And we do know that wages are not, do not tend to go up. So people might have jobs, but that's not an answer necessarily whether the country is becoming richer and that we're all winning or not winning. So when we get to part two, we'll start in with Pluto. I will give you some other basic, basic um, ideas about the president's chart, the midpoints, and where we're going in the future. But for the time being, again, all of you need to tune in more about progressions. You might want to consider getting a six-month Skylog report or a life progressions report or a one-year Skylog report, and you'll do yourself an enormous favor. They're all based on your exact birth data. As long as you have your exact month, day, and year, which, of course, most of you have, uh, exact birth time or as close as you can get from a birth certificate, then you should invest in a Skylog report or a life progression report. You won't regret it. It will give you a lot of information about the deeper le uh, levels of feeling, emotion, psychology, and spirituality. So progressions affect people more in the depths of themselves. The transits that are happening in the actual sky are a little bit more related to current trends and opportunities between you and the world. Uh, jobs, work, money, and all of that. But unless you study some kind of progressions, you're going to miss out on a much deeper level of what's happening in your life. Okay, so we've made a good beginning here. Um, and I'll look forward to sharing with all of you with uh, Podcast 21 Part 2 in the near future. Thank you for listening. Many blessings and bye for now.